Rebound. 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 Hello, Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, episode 92, the Deshaun Stevenson episode. What's going on, Padre? Episode 92, Podnam. And all I can say is, And we'll keep on fighting till the oh we and we won yeah yep okay we are the champions no no time for those warriors pop so the losers so you're just playing a little uh, Freddie Mercury for some reason of the world all right yeah that's uh. Panam, you buried the lead on that opening. You know, uh, the, the Cavs won won the championship. You, did you watch the game? You realize this, right? Oh, I thought My we were just Cavaliers won. Oh yeah, um, I I saw something in the bottom line about that on on uh, Sports Center last couple of days. I was actually focused on on the Battle of the Bastards, the biggest battle on Sunday night. Oh well, I yeah. mean, if you want to talk our boy Jon Snow, then let's 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 run it back again. <laughs> No time for Ramsey. He's getting eaten. But well, I don't spoil that. We might talk thrones later, but well, I mean, you but, spoil it. We're, I mean, that's that's the lead right there. You know, you're not you're burying that lead. No, uh, um, you. I know you're lying to me. I know I you know, watched Game I Seven. Know. You're right. You're right. I'm, it was, I'm playing coy. Historic, historic Game Seven. Um, Cleveland finally gathered championship, and it, it couldn't have happened any other way. Coming back from down 3-1, first ever team to do that in the finals. Yep. Basically going almost to the final buzzer to get the victory. Yep. Most other games in the series have been blowouts. A lot of them in the playoffs in general have been blowouts, yep. especially ones the Cavs are involved in, but but not game seven. It, it's one for the ages. A lot of uh, you know moments that are going to be shown forever or for many years to come. Mm-hmm. The block, the shot, Kevin Love's defense on Curry, that, all this stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm just ecstatic right now you know i mean yeah so i can say the land has got one after 52 years and the Cavs got one for the first time ever yeah and it was pretty miraculous i thought uh honestly that was probably the most most largest comeback i've ever seen just in terms of just the magnitude of what it meant to uh ohio to cleveland to you to other people uh as well to lebron haters lebron fans uh, the whole uh, the whole dynasty of the NBA kind of rested on that one game because if you if the roles reverse and the Warriors won, people would just be talking about LeBron in such a negative light, and it's not fair because he literally, even if they lost for some reason, he's the only player in the NBA Finals history to be on both sides, leading in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals, which is every category. Every, every category. All five. Right, uh, right. Uh, 41 points in Game 5, along with Kyrie getting the same number. 41 points in Game 6, triple-double in Game 7, and, again, the block and all of that, making that last free throw when he hurt his wrist. He almost threw that dunk down at the end, which would have been crazy. I mean, my, uh, you know, during the game, my heart was racing most of the time. I mean, it was one of the most intense experiences that I've had. 
course, I was back in the land watching it with my friends and family at um, a bar called Winking Lizard downtown, a couple blocks away from the main stretch of down the main buildings downtown. Yeah. So once the game ended and my heart started again, uh, I mean, like literally, I really think I might have around the time, bef- you know, when Kyrie made the shot to go ahead, I was up on a chair at that point at the end. I mean, I was. I can talk now, you know, uh, it's Wednesday, let's say, by the way, the Cavs just had the parade, 1.3 million people showed up, we can get into that, but, um, yeah, and speeches they made, but my, my throat was done, uh, like I said, it's Wednesday, my, I, I'm just able to talk almost normally again today, starting like Sunday night into Monday morning, I had no voice, you know, I left, just like those Cavs left it all out on the court for the victory, I left it all out on the court with my cheering and then celebration, you know, I was leading a lot of cheers at the bar, everything. So, you know, it was, it was honestly, um, as a long-suffering Cleveland sports fan, as you know, yeah. me complaining about it in the past, um, it's one of the best moments of my life, in all honesty. I mean, it really is. I'm still kind of in shock now that we actually won. Uh, congratulations to mainly you, Padre. Uh, you're You and only one other person I know that are diehard Cleveland natives and fans. Actually, my friend Sarah was also in Cleveland, and she flew out for the same reason as well. And um, I saw photos of her celebrating on on the good FB. Obviously, I uh, I was talking to you back and forth. I think when I texted you, when you were saying your your heart couldn't take this game, I was actually feeling the same kind of thing because, I mean, it it was written up so well, like, and for it not to happen as as they come down from one to three, I was – yeah. I, I was dealing with a lot of haters uh, of LeBron, and I was talking about how much Cleveland deserves this believe land. And plus, they got hell coming in like two weeks with the Republican Na- National Convention. <laughs> so, I mean, like, right. you don't, you don't really, yeah, you don't kick oh. someone when they're down, right? And Cleveland's been down for a while. So, so yeah, I heard a lot of people saying what you're saying, like they they had no dog in the fight, but. It, even their heart was racing at the end of the game. It was that intense. I mean, there was like a stretch of almost four minutes where no one, no scored. one scored. Yeah, all defense. Shot. It was just crazy. I mean, no wonder I was dying over there. But, um, yeah, you mentioned it, though. And, uh, yeah, thanks for your congratulations. Everyone's been congratulating me. A lot of people at work today or yesterday have been saying, like, oh, when I saw the Cavs won, you were the first person I thought of. I mean, here in New York, I'm known, I guess, among people that know me as like being a diehard Cleveland sports fan, so yeah, it makes sense that yeah, people people, you know, people walk by you all the time. Pops. To get that congratulations finally, and, and um, yeah, you know it was great. Um, and you did mention you're with some haters watching the game, so you told me that when we had a, we had a little pre phone call. Um, yeah, between when I went to the tribe game on Sunday and, and game seven starting, you know, I was in the land and you and you gave me a call, and uh, that's not gone out yet. Are we playing that recording? Yeah, actually, let me just play it right now. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's hear that now, then. Hello, Brooklyn. Actually, hello, Cleveland. Uh, this is the Brooklyn Rebound Bite with your boy Podnam. And uh, you heard that O on the other line. Who do I have on the other line right now? It was an O-H-I-O because you got your boy Podrew over here. I, I did it. I flew back to my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, ahead of Game 7 in just a few hours. And Podnam, I'm getting pretty pumped up over here. Well, I mean, I, I don't blame you, Padre. You're uh, you are live in the land. Uh, you flew out. When did you fly in? By the way, when I did it uh, yesterday uh, afternoon, I flew out, and I'm flying back uh, 
I'm going to do what they call a call-in sick tomorrow and then come back Monday night, tomorrow night, back to New York. But I, I just had to do it. I had to go home. My friend said me to do it, and he was right to do so. Because I need to be here to see this win or lose, you know, hopefully not a loss. I am feeling more confident than usual, surprisingly. But uh, and it seems like people are confident over here. However, uh, even if they do lose, you know, I can uh, experience it with the, the true Clevelanders here. And if they win, it's going to be obviously historic, right? Yeah, uh, 48 years, 52 years, a lot of, a lot of numbers been thrown around. Um, obviously, neither of us are that age, uh, last time I checked. So this dates back to your dad, right? Uh, which, happy Father's Day to everyone. That's right. I, I just uh, took in a trap game with my dad. And uh, I won't lie, this is a story for another time, but something a little controversial happened at the game just now. Uh, I may have gotten a little fired up in the wrong direction. Uh, at, at some point, but uh, you know, I'll just tease that story for another day. But uh, the tribe won a walk off uh, in the tenth inning, I believe it was. All right. Now for the Cavs, yeah, Father's Day. My father actually, he's not from Cleveland, so it's not you know, he hasn't been suffering as long. He's actually more of, from the Pittsburgh area, so you know, that's a whole other thing. But he was hard for Cleveland now. But it was around the time, yeah, I think he was two years old when uh, when the the uh, Browns won in '64, and that's the last championship. So. Okay. Tonight it will change, and if it doesn't, I know you're gonna. Are you gonna do a little live pod later? Uh, yeah. So we're gonna bring on uh, a couple of the old uh, patrons of Brooklyn Rebound. Um, you know your your buddies, uh, JT Baller, Justin, and uh, Mansoor uh, are gonna make an appearance. I don't know how much they're gonna say because uh, lately they've been uh, hating on the land, hating on LeBron, hating. I mean, it. I think. I think it's. I'm the only one going to bed. Hold on, my fellow groomsmen from your uh, your nuptial ceremony last weekend are going against me now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you guys had a bond for a minute there. You did a little uh, Bollywood dance, and uh... I did have that. Yeah, check Facebook for that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys killed it with a Dougie and a little uh, light bulb screwing or a little screwdriver action there. I was jumping and bouncing during that light bulb screw move, so check that out. Especially that was probably my best. My best That's move, whichever one was doing, but best footwork I've seen in uh, I would say centuries, right there, um, by far. Right. <laughs> you haven't seen that good footwork since last time the uh, Cleveland won a sports championship. So this June is historic, you know. Glad it's right. going. And uh, yeah, what are you going to say? Like basically, we haven't been on the podcast for a while. It took us until today to get things going because we've been planning the wedding and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but how you, you, you're feeling, you're feeling anxious. You're feeling positive. I, I've been, just to let, let you know how I've been feeling. Uh, I, I watched part of Believe Land. I read about most of it. Um, I don't understand how no one can root for Cleveland. Uh, a lot of people's arguments are saying, well, they don't care about Cleveland sports. That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to. You, you're not saying how no one can root, like how everyone can. Is that what you're saying? How everyone can't be rooting for us? No, saying like there's just, uh, from my pers- from my uh, feedback of just talking to friends, I won't mention any names, like <laughs> Justin or Mazur. <laughs> I won't mention any names, uh, but uh, basically, a lot of haters of of LeBron. Therefore, they associate LeBron to Cleveland, and then they hate Cleveland for whatever reason. They like they want to see Steph Curry running around throwing his mouthpiece left and right at fans, and you know her crying on the bench or in the post game conference and. Clay Thompson pouting. They want to see Draymond Green, you know, 
uh, kicking people in the balls. I mean, what are they, that's what they're that kind of thing they're into. That uh, yeah, I, I think that's uh, the six uh, demented minds of some of these players, and then um, some of these fans. And that one of the things I was I was noting, like, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. This is my logic on things. Obviously, I'm rooting for first and foremost Padru uh, as my partner uh, on the podcast. But secondly, like uh, Bill Simmons, uh, I I follow the ideology of billology of Simmons and I know he's true to his form he said Cleveland fans are the most suffering fans of all the fan base and last thing third things first if Golden State wins tonight for somehow then you have another dynasty in creation when everyone was opposing to LeBron and the Heat creating a dynasty uh, it made no it made it, it's contradicting in so many ways like you're rooting for another dynasty and you're just because of one player. Uh, I mean, what about James Jones? What about Dante? What about, you know, uh, Mozgod? All these high character guys, you know? Um, Kyrie Irving, you know? Get it. If you don't like LeBron and you want to hate on him, I, I, I get it. I really do. Even though you can't question his greatness at this point, games five and six were epic, and hopefully game seven will be the trifecta to bring us to ship. But like you're saying, how can anyone not just root for Cleveland to get at least one? It's not like you want. You want. I can. You, maybe you don't want LeBron to win the next three or four and have a dynasty in Cleveland. Fine, I get that. But right, you gotta let us get one. You know, that's that's my point here, and I really hope it happens tonight. That's it's really about all I have to say right now, Pat. Now, unless you got another. No, no, no. I mean, what what LeBron has been doing has been historic. Now, I haven't gotten your mindset of like your appreciation of this team right now, coming down from one three. Uh, you know, and also, like you said, you're hating on LeBron. You can understand, obviously, as Cleveland fans, you uh, you didn't burn any jerseys, but you were like, you're saying Kyrie's your favorite player, and I respect that. Yeah, but, and he still is. But yeah, but I can't question LeBron's greatness now. Um, right. But, so, so uh, yeah, Cleveland's going to win tonight. I'm confident, you know, in a couple hours from now, before a game starts, I'll probably be way more nervous. I'm not confident. But right now, I'm riding pretty high. I want to keep it that way. I want you and your boys tonight to be talking about that victory, and I want to be on the podcast next week or a couple of days from now talking about it and not, uh, you know, slitting my wrist before uh, we get the pod again. That's, so that's that's where I'm coming from right now, partner. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, should, should uh, something negative happen, and I'm not saying anything uh, just in general, just like something negative happened, like on Game of Thrones tonight, maybe Jon Snow dies, you know, or something like that. Um, what? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so, whoa, he fought about, forgot about Game of Thrones. That's how invested Padre is today on this Game 7. Uh, there hasn't been that many NBA Finals Game 7, but if something negative were to happen, Padre, I still I still think you owe it to our fans and listeners to just talk about how you feel, maybe as a therapy session. Maybe I'll get some professional on there, you know, to diagnose you and stuff. I'll do it, you know, but all I'm saying is it's going to be – if they do win tonight, I'm going to be wanting to do it a lot sooner, like tomorrow or, or Tuesday. If, if they lose, I might need a, a couple more days. That, that's all I'm going to say, all right? Oh, no, I hear that. And then just to rewind really quickly, last note here, what was your first interaction with Brooklyn Rebound? Do you remember that, Padre? Can you can you just recite that memory? It was you. I wasn't joining the show for good yet. I came on because uh, you, you found out first and broke the news to me about the letter that LeBron was coming back. Then I went on and thought, I didn't believe you at first. And then uh, I came and saw it, and uh, you had me right on the pod. You got my live reaction. You got my live heartfelt reaction to that. And hopefully you'll get my not quite live, but still very heartfelt and uh, excited reaction to this victory. Hopefully yeah. not get flipped tonight. Uh, 
Kevin Love, 20, 20 points or uh, 20 and 10 tonight or double-double? T- Just give me 15 and 8 even, Kevin. Look, Love. Just hit a couple clutch shots. That's all I need from you, Caleb. Okay. JR hit a couple of clutch shots. LeBron and Kyrie take over and just don't let them get hot. And that's what we got to do. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you spending some time on this lovely Father's Day. I know you have so many children to feed, uh, like uh, Lachelle Spearwell said. So uh, you do that. You you enjoy the land. Say hi to Drew Carey for me. And one last history note. I don't know if you knew this. The Connecticut legendary uh, Western uh, search party was responsible for the foundation of Cleveland. So without Connecticut, my home state. Uh, I've got to go back. All right, I'll praise Connecticut tonight after the win. Do you want me to shout no, no, no! You don't have to. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just saying. You can pay respects uh, at some point. That's fine. That's fine. All right. All right, man. That'll do it for uh, th- this time. Any any last sign off at all? No, just let's let's get this one for the land and uh, go Cavs and congrats again on your marriage, Padnam. And that's all for me today. Peace. All right, peace, Padru. All right, peace. That was the clip. Obviously, you, you heard it as well as I did. You were excited. You were apprehensive a little bit, but you were cautiously excited. Honestly, like I thought then, I'm more. I was more optimistic than I ever thought I would be at that point. And and throughout the you know right when the game was starting, obviously I was very nervous. But I was after we came back, you know, to win game five and six. I was more optimistic than I normally would have been. I guess because we had the momentum and that did carry through and. And it was huge. I mean, you're going to say, people say Golden State choked. I guess they really did at a certain point. But, I mean, once but the Cavs really did it, I mean, if you go through the excuses, they have Bogut being injured, the Draymond Green suspension. Some people didn't think that was right in Game 5. But ultimately, the shots were there to make, and they didn't make them. Steph didn't completely show up. Right. Thompson didn't show up right. uh, in the last couple of games. So, so I mean, with that being said, I mean, I don't, any Golden State fan that's saying that needs to shut the F up because – or even any NBA fan saying that. I'm not even saying right. – because a lot of people are started writing on GSW. I love Steph Curry. I think he's one of the great great shooters of all time. But that doesn't mean that just because you love him so much, it, it justifies whatever he does wrong. So, for example, he turned over the ball a lot in Game 7. Mm-hmm. On top of that – Every single time that someone mentioned, oh, Bogut was out or Draymond Green, what about Kevin Love last year? What about Kyrie Irving? Yeah, Can't really that. talk about that. So Yeah, I mean, Kev Sands brought that up all year, and Warriors fans said, oh, we would have beat them anyway. Well, would you have? I don't know. Yeah. And didn't happen this year. So, yeah, and you're talking about Steph's turnovers, the most egregious being with a couple minutes. It was during that, like, three or four-minute stretch of no one scoring. You try to fancy behind the backs past the clay that went out of Why? bounds. Exactly. Why? But, you know, you've seen the gif that people made of them putting the championship trophy over the ball. And, yeah. you know, it's funny. But but you didn't tell me yet, though. So on the call we just heard, you're saying your your boys are our boys, Monsoor and Justin, I believe. Uh, yep. yep. Shout, shout out to Monsoor and Justin. So they, were they still LeBron hating after the game or what happened there? Did they finally realize uh, the error of their ways? Uh, yeah, they did because they had to pay me up for the bet. I, I put my money and my pride on the line on LeBron James and the Cavs when they were tied 8-8 in the first quarter. We couldn't even get an official pre-start. And I said, uh, we're carry the line. The co- line was 5 or 4.5 and then 5. It kept on fluctuating in favor of the Warriors. I said, listen, you're, you guys are going to believe believe land in this game right now. And I kept on using that as a pun. They kept on getting agitated by it. So I just kept <laughs> hammering well, it with that. Yeah. I could see that, but uh, yeah. 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 And another thing is like, 
Mansoor, love him to death. He's a brother to me, but he's the biggest Kobe fan, and he keeps on he keeps on having this ideology that Kobe is uh, not not to say better, but like they don't treat Kobe doesn't say the same things about himself and ego. I'm like, no, Kobe and LeBron are basically brands um, as well as great players, you know. And Kobe doesn't say what things about himself. Like one of the things that was was irking me a little bit. And Monsieur, I still love you, man. I know you're probably not going to listen to this anyways. But one of the things that were irking me is like, you know, no one was hating on LeBron. He kept on saying, no one's saying he, they weren't going to win. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like the most popular thing to talk about and cover. Like how LeBron's decisions, whether it's going to South Beach or coming back, is ultimately weighed on him under a magnifying glass times a thousand, you know? Uh, and Kobe was never on social media yeah. for the past do- first 15 years of his life, you know, our career. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I do feel like he did strip away some of the haters of this perform- finals performance. I've seen it, like, reading online and stuff. At least people are still like, you know, I'm a LeBron hater, but I got to give him credit. You know, he is one of the best of all time. This was an amazing performance. And talking Kobe, look, the, the guy gave himself a nickname, like Black Mamba. Even Kyrie, when he made the shot, he said he turned his Mamba on or whatever the quote was. So he's trying to emulate Kobe. Kyrie was in that moment, so right. good. But yeah, he gave himself that nickname. I mean, come well, on. What about up. what about King James? Was King, was, was, was King James also given? Or uh, I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be partial. That, that that was a, a nickname given. I think it was started by Sports Illustrated. I thought, it was so. I thought so too. Yeah, it was King James, and, uh-huh. and that that's a that's a smart move to brand that as your Twitter tag. So I'm not. I'm not hating that. But regardless, we're not here to talk about Kobe. Kobe's done. He's old news. We're here to talk well, about the King and Cleveland's legacy. Let's talk about the King for a second. So the, the parade was today. 1.3 million people showed up downtown. It's crazy. I was watching it online at work. They gave speeches after. Well, first of all, the cars, there's so many people crowded in. Like It took them like three-plus hours to drive like four or five blocks to get the the cars, the floats through uh, to give the speeches. Then, then the king took the mic and he really laid it all out on the table. He was praising all his teammates individually. He used a bit of salty language. I guess the king is want to do what he wants. Uh, he was dropping, he was dropping f bombs. Yeah, this, I heard. I, I saw that. So he said, "Timo Mozgov is a big motherfucker and stuff." Wow. I guess he threw a couple shots at Steph a little bit. He did not say anything about Dan Gilbert, didn't mention the ownership at all. So, you know, there's still some, it's definitely a business relationship at this point, but um, not, not, they don't love each other, but look, who cares? They got the, the ring. I guess the common sands ble- bleeds deep, right? And, uh, and LeBron James' veins. Common sands is, might as well have been written in blood. It's not getting, it's, yeah. it's, I guess it's forgiven, but not forgotten sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I- I think I think LeBron's right to get it all out out of his way and just throw whatever say whatever he wants to say now. Three championships out of eight finals. One was only, I mean out of seven finals. Sorry, one was just a surprise final in two thousand nine. That like I would count that as an accomplishment at, for Cleveland you're about with the Cavs the first. Time? Yeah, when they got swept by the Spurs. But I wouldn't. Seven. That was the seven. Right, and I I wouldn't count that as like a judgment on. That's him, so we're him. happy just to be not. That's like when people get um, an Academy Award nomination, like they're like we're happy just to be nominated. Right. They're happy right. just to be there. You know, they didn't have the roster to win. Obviously, they got swept. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So three three out of six is mainly what I would be counting at. That's that's still like really really good. I mean, consider Jerry West only got one out of nine. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain also got like two or. So, one. It is three out of seven because 
He went to six in a row. That's after that Cleveland first. No, no, I said that. I would consider that that, that first one not. Oh, you're not. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're not counting it. But but overall, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to. But, I mean, some people are still going to say Jordan's better. Maybe, maybe, you know, I always think it's hard to compare the two, but. No. That's like the maybe the one guy people are gonna a lot of people are gonna say. I don't even Bird Magic I think are behind LeBron at this point. I don't know if you disagree, but I'm not gonna count championships as a reason. I mean ultimately if you're counting the number of championships you're you know that you're on the team for, then you're gonna say Robert Ori and Steve Kerr are up there too, you know? And James I, Jones is the same as LeBron, yes. Right, right. So like it's not I don't think that's the ultimate thing because there's so many players that are the greatest of all time. Barkley, Ewings, uh, Nash's, you know, well, Dave Robinson got one. The Malones, the Stocktons. Like, there's so many players. They got the ring. Nash yeah. still denied a ring as a Warriors assistant coach uh, this year. No, yeah, I know. He still got denied this year as a consultant. He would have got one, yeah. But or Steve Nash. A, lot of, a lot of former sons did get some. Raja Bell. Yep. David Griffin also, former son for, like, 25 years. And, like, all these people definitely worked their butts off in Cleveland to get what they wanted. So for for us to judge one person as LeBron James, is, I think is ridiculous as comparison to the elites. I think he is one of the greats of all time. He's on my Mount Rushmore, I would say, and not in specific order. I would put LeBron, Magic, uh, MJ, and I want to say Bill Russell. Uh, it's the last one. So uh, I, those are my, my four on my Rushmore. What about you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I it's hard. It's hard for me now because, you know, being a Cavs fan, just witnessing this, not having been around really for Bird and Magic, only mostly the second, you know, the Taylor end of Jordan's career even. And like I said, I don't like to compare. It's hard to compare eras. I, I guess I'll go along with your Mount Rushmore. I, mean, I do think maybe LeBron could still go down as the best of all time. Yeah, I, I'm not prepared this time to make a list. But what do you think? Let, let's talk about this with LeBron. How many rings do you think he'll finish with? Well, first of all, how many more years do you think he's going to play? So he's, he's just another reason why I'm a, a fan of LeBron and never hated on LeBron ever. I love basketball. LeBron's definitely one of my favorite players in the league. It's because he's his age is two days away from me. It was me, then LeBron was born, you know. So, and I mentioned this Literally, all. Yeah, you were you were first by two days, right? Yeah, you're two yeah. days old. Yeah, I think a two or three. I forgot what it was. But he's twenty eight, so you're twenty six, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enomnes is celebrated on the twenty sixth Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that being said, you know, I know every time I know my age and remember my age, I know how old LeBron is. So he's thirty one right now, and for him to play a let's say another five years, just say five years. At an elite level, I think it's totally possible for him. Now, that takes in consideration he has to get rest now. That's why he's not doing the USA team. And he has, yeah. to, have, and he has to have younger stars. I think when LeBron said today in the parade, Kyrie Irving's 24. Oh, my God, he's 24. Like, it was a realization that Kyrie Irving is 24, and he got in contribution to a championship. So Kyrie can do what he needs to do, and LeBron can relax and – clinch it in the fourth quarter which exactly worked yeah. out in their game plan so yeah saying Kyrie gave a contribution that's that's uh, underselling it a bit I would say but uh yeah instrumental in their success obviously with right. that game what about you so do you, do you think LeBron could play another I know I think he could play another 10 years but that's what I'm saying I think he'll play 10 more maybe but uh and hopefully all with Cleveland obviously no plan despite some conflicting reports people think he's gonna leave to go to LA or two but he, he's not leaving anytime soon uh, I don't know why people are really putting those stories out. 
you know, getting my original question was how many more rings. I mean, is it crazy to think he could get three more in Ty Jordan? I don't think so. I mean, mm. what? Who, who, who's there going to be their main challenge next year? Golden State again, I presume. Um, you know, we're going to talk. We can talk about a little bit what happened with the next trade made they made today. So maybe they'll get in the mix a little bit, but. I don't see them beating. No. You know, I don't see any team other than the Cavs getting back to the finals in the next year or two, at least. Do you? I mean, they're uh, going to be back, right? I mean, other than the Brooklyn Nets signing every single oh, free right. agent, uh, aside from them, I don't see any other team giving the Cavs a challenge in the East. And then if they're destroying the giant that is Golden State, which I don't even think they were the best team in the West in terms of playoff wise, I thought the Thunder should have been, you know, the team, but they kind of. Well, they- they choked and lost the three one. Well, I think that I think it's it's that karma, man. Like you, I don't know what it is because as soon as someone mentioned this, Clay Thompson said, I think after game two, they're better than the Showtime Lakers, and they're just getting cocky and saying things. Uh-huh. And and after game two, the Cavs won, yeah, and then they then the game four they lost. But I think that set a tone and what Cleveland thought, and it was like, no, this is not okay. We're not going to allow this anymore. We say no, no more. And they destroy the beast. Yeah. By the way, let's talk Clay Thompson for a second. So first of all, yeah, a lot of people are hating him now, rightfully so, because he didn't uh, after the game. You know, say what you want about Draymond Green. I couldn't stand, stand him this year, but I give him credit for staying out on the floor, congratulating the Cavs when Clay Thompson uh, ran back to the locker room, never to resurface. Uh, meanwhile, he gave comments uh, last year, uh, pre- admit, preseason this year, talking about the Clippers last year falling when they were up 3-1 to the Rockets, saying, uh, tell the Clippers, I said that's hilarious. I don't know their exact quote, but it was like, well, didn't this team lose 3-1? That's hilarious. Tell them I said that. And then, you know, karma is a bitch, obviously. And those other comments you made. Uh, so, right. you know, I think Thompson himself really needs to look, check himself and realize that. It's not the way to act, right? Am I wrong? No, no, no. You're right. I think Clay. It, I, I don't know if you've seen like seen this on the internet, but Clay is one of these weird people. I think he doesn't know. I'm not. I'm not saying this in defense of him. I think he's just completely weird and out of. I don't know. Doesn't know what to say, when to say it. He just and he apparently doesn't know how to shoot clutch, clutch shots in Game Seven because he's never been to a Game Seven other than the one before on that level. So I'm not, we're not here to talk Kate about the Warriors. I think they had a great season. Obviously it would have been, it would have been a dramatic season for them to finish it up, but it, they're now the 16 0 Patriots of the NBA, you know? Exactly. That's the comparison everyone's making. It's yeah. an apt one. I mean, they get their record and they, but then they regular season record, but then they finish with the same amount of losses in the playoffs as they do in the regular season. That's probably never going to happen again. I mean, Right, and and I know we, I'm not trying to shit on the Warriors um, when they're down. I don't want to do that, you know. Once your team wins, I don't, I don't. I mean, people are still chanting uh, anti Steph Curry stuff. They get the parade today, and you know after the game still. But I'm like, whatever. We won. Who cares about them? But they 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 were part of their own demise with all the shit they talked about LeBron during the series. Like not just Clay, but a lot of them were saying things, and. And, you know, Draymond doing what he's doing, it doesn't it, – that's stupid, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons they lost is because you because they taunted LeBron in that way. And, and he's shown in the past, LeBron, that, uh, you know, he's – once people do that to him, he gets – it bring, puts him in another gear to defeat them. So, so you're honestly, saying – wait, are you saying LeBron James is Hulk? And you just – you don't want to make him, him angry? 
he's he's Hulk Green when that happens, and then he's Green Kermit sipping tea like on his hat, getting off the plane. <laughs> And then he's because, Green yeah, Ultimate I, Warrior with a shirt. Yeah, but you you agree with me, right? A hundred and ten percent. No, it's really dumb. You poke the bear, and you know they 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 had the championship swag. They had the best record. Uh, if I was in that position, I would also probably think a little bit, you know, arrogantly. But on the side of caution, the respect that other peers have for LeBron James in the NBA after that he won, or even before he won, they all know that he's one of the greatest. And I think um, the only person that maybe that would have a little bit more, uh, you know, I guess of uh, visceral or like uh, a- antagonizing LeBron and rightfully so would be Steph Curry. But Clay Thompson, come on, man. You're like, you're like the Scott William, not Scott William, you're like the Steve Kerr of your bulls, you know, like you're not, you're not in the level of LeBron James to like be poking him yeah. in that way. I mean, I would put him above Steve Kerr level because, you know, he's more of. All right. He's Horace, Horace Grant. Kerr really wasn't on the on the. Um, He's Tony Kukoc. There we go. That's a good pair. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. The, the Bulls weren't set up the same way. I mean, you if you look at the Bulls' main big three, I guess it'd be Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, and, and Clay doesn't fit any of those right. roles. That's like why the Bulls, he's Kukoc. But he's still in the three. You know, he's still you know Splash Brothers, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, it's the Warriors talk trash, and now that I think about it, there's. Do you think they were influenced at all by the current political landscape? Because there's certain forces politically that have been talking a lot of trash, and so far it's worked out for them. I mean, do you? I can't. Maybe I'm crazy, but you know, you know, it's funny you bring that up, Padre, because Cleveland is such a uh, national scene right now, especially today. There's also, which I mentioned before, a popular event coming up uh, politically in Cleveland. The RNC convention is about two to three weeks away. So I actually booked someone to join us on this uh, podcast to talk about Cleveland as a city and what his feelings are. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it a Cleveland politician or uh, someone, someone involved with putting on the convention? Or what, yeah, yeah. What? I mean, let's just say he definitely dons the right uh, hat when it come, comes to making America great again. Okay? Huh. All right. Well, uh, let me go grab him real quick. I'm going to Skype him in in a second. All right. Give me one second. All right, so, uh, Padre, uh, I know you've been waiting for this uh, guest to come on in. I got him uh, sounded in on the on Skype conference call. Uh, right. sir, I'm, sir, are you there? I, uh, <coughs> oh, I had a lot of dirt in my mouth, but I'm back, baby. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Who, is this who I think it is, Padnam? You know it. Presidential nominee, Sir Donald J. Trump. On the line. You know, I want to tell you, I'm back from the grave. I'm to be living in America. I'm, I'm, I'm on American soil. I have American soil in my mouth. I have American soiled my pants. And I'm feeling great. So, Donald, your, your last time um, you spoke on the show, you were kind of upset about uh, an incident that went down with someone where I think you might have been mistakenly buried alive. Uh, you've... Uh, Still got the dirt on you from that? Is that what you're implying? Well, I, I do remember a lot of dirt. I remember the dirt. A lot of things are still fuzzy. I think it's because it might have been from all the coke I was doing when I was on Wall Street. I don't remember. Sounds it's about right. It's in the past. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, okay. It might have been. I'm ready to move on. Oh, good. Okay. Then, then I, I don't need to bring it up again. You know, I certainly didn't uh, 
you know, wasn't responsible for pushing you in that hole. And wait, wait, wait a second, Padre. Padre, uh, you you should apologize because one way or another, it's going to be found out, and then Secret Service is going to be after you. Just say sorry, Padre. Come on, fess up to it. Uh, okay, well, you know, since the Cavs won the championship and I'm in such an elated mood, you know, I guess I'll go along with this. You know what? I'm sorry. I uh, when you were on the show the first time, Mr. Trump. You know, me and Chris Walken, we just got a little rowdy. We got a little carried away. I was happy to meet a celebrity. Like excuse Walken. me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry. I want to go back. Cavalry has won the championship. You mean to tell me that we have finally pushed out those Northerners, those sedition Northerners? That's absolutely fantastic news. Well, no, I mean the Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers NBA team has won the championship against the Golden State Warriors, so... No one was really from up north or, you know. Cleveland, Ohio has now been taken over by the South, and the South is rising. That is fantastic news. Wait, Phenomenal. wait. Wait a second. Is that – did Christopher Walken just walk into the room with you, Donald? That's what it sounds like to me, I, I got to be honest. Uh, Chris, are you there? I was helping out Donnie a little bit, trying to help him out. But the real reason is I've been trying to work on being a mute but it's so hot, and there's such exciting news happening. In fact, I've been reassigned of doing some method acting as a mute for a movie. Let me let me just ask you this question, Chris. So we I'm call- a mute bodyguard. Yeah, a mute bodyguard. That sounds like a terrific role. I can't wait to see it. Um, we, we actually wanted to talk to Donald because you, you guys are in Cleveland right now where the Republican National Convention will be uh, in about two to three weeks, right? I'll put uh, yeah. Let me let me put him back on for you. Hold on. It's interesting, Padnam, that they would uh, hire Chris Walken for a, a role as a mute. I mean, really doesn't seem to be you, what you would hire Walken for. It well, really... well, I mean, they're trying to be creative in Hollywood, Drew. So, I mean, what are you gonna say? So, okay, I'll... all right, we're back. I'm so sorry about that. Sometimes all you gotta do is just say movie, and he gets a little rattled. I know we didn't even say movie, but I'm just saying uh. this very simple trigger words for that man. What a character. Maybe it was me just saying his name alone that brought him in, I guess. That, that must have been it. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I was, I was totally zoned out. Would you mind repeating? <laughs> That's all right, Donald. That's all right. Look, are, are you in Cleveland right now, my, my, home, my hometown? I'm not, I'm not in Cleveland yet. I had, a, I had a layover one time over there. Terrible place. Ter- it's a lot of fat old people that just uh, all they care about is their uh, Burger King and McDonald's, and I think that's fine. I think that's fine for, for capitalism, but I don't think it's good for the American uh, morale. So you don't think Cleveland's a good place? Is that what you're saying? You're, that's basically what you just said. Well, I think that we should try and relocate our natural wildfires to Cleveland is what I'm trying to say. Oh, man. Now, now, Mr. Trump, you do realize that um, several decades ago you attempted to buy the baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, and you were denied, if you recall. But did you, you know, your feelings have changed on the city? I mean, you used to want to buy a professional sports team that was located there. Let, let me tell you something, Pod, because I knew when the Trump brand started bidding for a power like that, it would get some attention. It would make it more valuable. Then they would pay me for increasing their value. Really nasty guys in charge of that stuff. Really nasty. Okay, well... Now that Cleveland has won a championship, don't you think like people are happy here or there? I mean, people might be 
uh, ready to spend some more money, stimulate the economy. You know, do you well, think that's true? I, I I think that's I think that's very likely. But I gotta tell you, you know, my presidential election, despite the naysayers, it's gonna be soon. I'm gonna be president soon, and I plan on bringing back the scorched earth policy. And I think we're gonna start with Cleveland because I, fr- frankly, I don't see a reason to keep it around anymore. Okay, but the, you're going to have to go there for the Republican National Convention in just like three weeks from now, right? You realize no, that. No, I, I, think, I think Donald's saying you're not, are you not even going to show up to your own convention? You got it. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, that's interesting because I saw an article today that said um, some people from the Republican Party are uh, don't want you to be the nominee, even though you are the presumptive nominee that would get the nomination officially in Cleveland, but a, a lot of members of the party are working to to not give you that nomination, don't you think you should show up to kind of solidify things here? Padre, I'm going to tell you, it's not even going to make a difference because the place is going to be nothing but cinders. It's going to be like in the Bible, which is my favorite book, by the way, when uh, I think it's Lot's wife, she turns around, he tells her not to, and she turns into a pillar of salt. That's what Cleveland's going to be, okay? It's going to be a pillar of salt. You're going to turn Cleveland into a literal pillar of salt, or is is this a metaphor? It's a literal, okay, I'm going to eat it over my eggs, Benedict. Phenomenal story, by the way, the story of Lot. Oh, I'll have to read it sometime. Cain and Abel, also a great one. A lot of, fight, lot of fighting. Love the fight. Spoiler. And you got the other story with the lion. That's where I came up. It's funny because I was competing against Ted Cruz when I was reading the one about the lion, where the guy falls into the pit of the lions. I'm like, I got it. Lion Ted. He's like a lion. He just he eats innocent little children and babies. Really nasty guy. By the way, Mr. Trump, uh, you were talking about lions. You saw there was a new story that a, I think it was a jaguar was uh, shot and killed in Brazil with the Olympic uh, torch ceremony. Uh, PETA was outraged over, you know, animal rights activists outraged. W- w- what's your comment on that, on that new story? I got to tell you, uh, I, I feel like we're playing like 50 questions here. I don't understand all the questions. Well, I mean, you're... Whoa! 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 What? I heard someone say something about questions. Uh, wait. <laughs> Regis Philbin? Where'd you come from? Oh, you know, I'm like a genie. I hear something about questions. I'm someone. I gotta ask questions. Oh. You know, that's, that's my statement. That's who I am. Who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, well, I mean, uh, I do, I guess. I'm, I think uh, Mr. Trump already is. I was just trying to ask him questions since he's, you know, as a president, as a nominee, you have to answer a lot of questions. He seemed to be upset by that. But do, do Really, really unprofessional, guys, Regis. I, I've never seen anything as unprofessional as this, Regis. Wait, if that's Regis Philbin? Regis, you're here? Now you're getting it, Podnam. Now you're getting it. Well, yeah. I, you well, I loved you in Slumdog Millionaire. You're so awesome. Oh, hot. You're a little uh, Podnam. I'm sorry. You're you're a little behind the eight ball. I got I got a question for you. Here's a question. How slow is Podnam? Is it A. Very slow. B. Super slow. C. Extremely slow. Uh, I'll go. D, with, I'll go with. Can I phone a friend? No. Get the fifty-fifty and let's just get two. Let's narrow it down to two. I think that's smarter, Podnam. Uh, okay. Fellas, fellas, I haven't even heard D yet. That's okay. Let's do the fifty-fifty. Okay. You guys are a bunch of wild jokesters. Yeah, well, um, it's a comedy show, kind of, sometimes. So I'll, gotta... I'll tell you what. We've eliminated A, B, and C for you. <laughs> so you have one shot, which is D, F. quite slow. What's your answer? Think, let me think about it. I, I think I'm going to dab on it. 
Yeah, we don't know what D is. We didn't hear what D was, so we can't pick that as the right answer. We didn't hear what All right, was. okay. Folks, while these two are deliberating, you can vote on what answer you think is correct. Yeah. Now, remember, Regis. your votes will help them. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's no live audience. This is, this is going to be a recording, just, just so you know. Hey, I mean, they could still call in, I guess, you know. And... Whoa, wait, wait, wait. You mean, you mean we're not live anymore? No, I mean this. I'm not on the tall glass chair in front of the, the dome of an audience. I don't know where you are. I mean, you're not. We're not all in the studio together. But I, I assumed you were next to Mr. Trump since that's when you popped up. But I, you could be anywhere. I guess I don't know how your genie powers work exactly. Well, to be honest, I'm not quite sure either. I haven't. I haven't really <laughs> figured it out. I've been trapped in this briefcase, and whenever people talk about questions, I, I seem to appear like an apparition. Huh. No, I feel like Mr. Trump has been taking a lot of questions for the past couple of months. Have you been popping up in his briefcase and all his appearances? I haven't even noticed, but... I have. And you know what's really the crazy thing? He brings this briefcase with him at every speech, at every convention. He puts it behind the podium. Is that true, Mr. Trump? Are you still there? Is that is that what you've been doing? It's ju- it just ha- so happens to be a coincidence. It's my lucky briefcase that my great-great-grandfather gave me. Oh, interesting. It, it, it came with a lot of uh, money in it that you inherited, right? Really nice stuff. In fact, my grandfather, who was an SS officer, he had the money. He had some gold teeth and some jewelry in the briefcase, and it's unbelievable how much this stuff is worth. So I carry it with me because I don't want to lose my money. Really nice stuff. Interesting. Now, now let me ask you another question, Mr. Trump. You, you don't want to show up in Cleveland, it sounds like, to the convention. But I assume a lot of people have questions about that when you don't show up. Is is Regis going to pop up for you then in Cleveland and like do the talking for you sort of thing? Well, I know Regis is a good friend. I know he is a very eloquent speaker. And I'm going to have him. He's going to help me out a little bit. And we're going to talk. All right? We're going to talk about business. Okay. Well, Regis, um, maybe you should feel the type of questions Trump is going to be asked if, if you're going to have to step in on this role. I mean... um. So what, what do you think about the gun control laws in America, Regis? I mean, do you think, do you think that uh, we should have stricter gun, gun laws in the country? Well, before we even start talking about the guns, you know, we did a special one time on who wants to be a millionaire. It was, the theme was this the 50 states. And I did extensive research, and I found out a lot about Cleveland. Okay. So it turns out they love their guns. Right. Not, it's not a state, by the way. It's a city, but... Okay. I know, but I'm saying I know a lot about Ohio, and as I learned about Ohio's rich history, Cleveland, whoa, they are on the top cutting edge stuff. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm I'm from there myself, Regis. I don't, you know, maybe there's some gun deaths every year. I don't, I don't certainly don't remember it being the worst of the cities around with guns. I mean, yeah, I guess there was some police shootings, whatever. But you know, when it comes to guns, I think of more like cowboy types. You know, that'd be down south, like. Texas or something, you know, cowboys like from westerns or something, you know. I, that's what I'm comes to mind, not Cleveland, really. I don't know. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah, Drew, shut the hell up. Do you hear that? Freedom. 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 Freedom.